0: Hi, you're listening to The Baby Manual Podcast, the podcast that helps you feel confident as a new parent. I'm your host, a pediatrician and mom, and the author of The Baby Manual, Dr. Carol Keim. Hi, welcome to episode three of The Baby Manual Podcast, the two-week checkup, so you should be listening to this if your baby is about two weeks old. This is the age where babies start to be awake a little bit more during the day. So it's a little bit of an awkward age because up until now, they've pretty much just been eating, sleeping, peeing, and pooping. And when they're awake, they might cry for a moment before they eat or before they get changed. But that's about all they do for the first couple of weeks. Now they're starting to keep their eyes open. They're starting to see things. Things are getting a little different. The parents at this age are typically getting a little bit more sleep Baby is starting to consolidate feeds a little bit, so they're more awake during the day and eating more during the day and then sleeping at night a little bit more. They should still be waking up usually two to four times during the night instead of four to six like they were before. Be careful not to overstimulate your baby at this age because that will make them sleep worse. So just because they're awake doesn't mean they need to be entertained. You can just have them facing something that has black and white patterns on it or a light. Uh, They love ceiling lights. They love ceiling fans. Uh, Windows with leaves outside that are rustling in the wind are really fascinating at this age to look at. And the other thing you can do if you do want to help your baby's development at this age is you can just narrate your day. Just say what you're doing as you're doing it, as you're walking through. You can talk, you can sing, um, but they don't need a whole lot more than that. I would not put on things like radio or TV in the background. Your baby should be eating about 8 to 12 times per 24 hours, and they'll be taking either formula or breast milk at this time. If they are taking that formula amount or expressed breast milk amount would be about 12 to 24 ounces per day, which is about 350 to 700 mLs per 24-hour period. And they will quickly go up to a full 24 to 30 ounces per day, somewhere between two weeks and a month. In terms of peeing and pooping, your baby should be peeing and pooping about every time they eat right now. It's not always going to be this way. Something that's going to happen in the next two to four weeks is they're going to start learning to control their muscles to poop. It's called discordant stooling. I'll talk about it again in the next episode, Uh, but just real quickly, it looks like they're constipated because they are squeezing their belly muscles and they turn red and they grunt and they cry and nothing comes out. But when they finally do poop, it comes out nice and soft. And that's just because they're learning how to coordinate the muscles of their abdomen and the muscles of their anus to control how they poop. So expect this coming up in the next couple of weeks. This is the peak age that tummy troubles will start. So things like gas, colic, and reflux are big around two to four weeks. Signs of gas and colic are that they're lifting their legs up and crying. And a lot of times you can smell the gas when it comes out and it's kind of smelly. So that's pretty normal. Uh, things you can do to help your baby, you can do belly rubs. You can do bicycle legs. You could do up and downs with their legs. You could put them in tiger in a tree pose, um, which is where they're hanging in your arm and their arms and legs are hanging down. You can do tummy time, or you could give them some drops or probiotic drops. Simethicone is really safe. You can give it up to 12 times per 24 hours. So every time that they eat, you just give them... It comes with a tiny dropper and a measuring um, indication on the size. You give them the right amount for their weight and uh, you do that right before they eat, then feed them and you need to do it at least four times in a row to decide if it's going to work because it doesn't start working until it gets all the way down to the bottom of the intestines and most medicines like Tylenol, you know, you take it 20 minutes later, it's in your bloodstream. But with simethicone, it has to get all the way down into their gut to start working. So it takes at least four feeds in a row to know if it's going to do anything. If you give it once or twice a day, it's just not even worth it. Probiotic drops, on the other hand, those are things you can give here and there once or twice a day. Um, Just get any probiotic drops that are safe for infants. For reflux, now true reflux needs to be diagnosed by a physician, but all babies have a little bit of reflux. And that's because The lower esophageal sphincter, which is the muscle between the esophagus and the stomach, isn't fully formed until about 6 to 12 months of age. Now, that's the muscle that keeps food in your stomach and prevents it from going back up into your esophagus. And reflux is when... The stomach contents go up into the esophagus. Um, GERD or gastroesophageal reflux disease is the one that you need a medical diagnosis for, but that's when it's severe reflux. So signs of that would be that baby's not gaining enough weight or is actually losing weight if they're spitting up more than half of their feeds every time. Or if they're arching their back and screaming um, like they're in pain when they have reflux. Also, any signs of aspiration. So if they're coughing, choking, or sputtering, those could be signs that their reflux is severe and then they might need some uh, medication for that. Now, a similar thing is pyloric stenosis and that happens around a month of age. So can start at two weeks of age with the signs. And pyloric stenosis is a little more severe. That's something the pylorus is... The opening between your stomach and your intestines. So that's the next kind of sphincter down from the lower esophageal sphincter, and the pylorus is what allows food to pass from the stomach to the intestines to get um, absorbed by the body. Now, in some babies, that sphincter grows too thick, and what happens is the muscle starts to close off the opening between the stomach and the intestine as it gets thicker, and then they start to spit up more and more. So if your baby's spit up is getting progressively worse, like it's happening more frequently or every feed, and it's a little more volume, it seems like, over time, that could be a red flag for pyloric stenosis. Also, if it ever turns green like grass green, that is bile and bile um, is a sign also of a blockage. Now stomach acid is yellow. So if it's like a yellowy green, that's normal. But if it's a grass green, like a true green, that could be a sign of, of pyloric stenosis. It's a red flag and you need to call your pediatrician right away. The treatment for reflux, if it is just true reflux, um, first of all, we start with smaller and more frequent feeds because if your baby's belly gets too full, it's just going to, it's like a balloon. It will expand, but as it goes to digest, it'll slash up those contents into the esophagus. So smaller feeds will digest a little bit easier, and then you have to feed them more frequently because you're giving them smaller amounts. You can hold them upright for 20 to 30 minutes after feeding. So put baby on your chest or on your shoulder uh, with her head up for about half an hour after they eat and you can use gravity that way to keep the food in their stomach and help them to digest it. You can have them sleep in a reclined position while you're observing them during the day. So uh, you could have them in something like a baby swing or baby seat or car seat, but make sure that it is safe for sleep. Check with the manufacturer and also just check online for current guidelines because it seems like all the time they're coming out with recalls on these types of equipment. So just make sure it's actually safe for sleep. And what you could do at nighttime is, I don't know if they still make phone books, but textbooks, some kind of thick book you can put under the edge of the crib or the bassinet under the feet of it. Now, when you put it under the feet, that tilts the whole bed um, just a little bit, a little bit of an incline. And that helps to use gravity to keep the food in their stomach at night. You can't put any pillows in the bed, no um, foam wedges or anything like that. You should not have anything inside of the crib or the bassinet other than just the baby for safe sleep. And they could be in a sleep sack. But yeah, nothing to help them recline while in the bed. Those are not safe. For skin stuff at this age, so the umbilical stump has probably fallen off by now. If not, it's going too soon. Uh, Sometimes it hangs on by a little thread for a while and then it falls off. That's normal. Sometimes there's a little bit of blood or some goo behind it when it falls off and that's normal too. Um, When it's off, just wipe it with a wet washcloth. If it still looks really pink and raw, or if it's red and bleeding, call your doctor. They could have an umbilical granuloma that might need to be treated in the office. But once that stump is off, you can give them a bath. And at this age, you really only need to bathe them about once or twice a week, and that should be plenty. If you bathe them more frequently than twice a week, they tend to get a little bit dried out. It's okay to use unscented lotion or cream or ointment on their skin right after the bath. Ointment is the greasiest one. So things like Aquaphor or Vaseline are unscented, really good at sealing in that moisture. If you wanted to use a cream, you could use something like Eucerin or Aveeno or one of those sort of uh, eczema-related creams. Those are nice and thick and unscented as well. And you can also do, you know, generics of these. I have no ties to any of these companies in particular. So whatever's the cheapest or seems to be the best for your baby. Um, And then a lotion is the most watery of those. The lotions tend to soak in quicker and they don't keep you moisturized as long. So if your baby just needs a tiny bit of moisturization, a baby lotion would work for that. For diaper rash, it shouldn't last more than two or three days. If it ever lasts more than two or three days, despite normal diaper cream, like a zinc oxide cream, such as desitin or petroleum-based cream like Vaseline or Aquaphor or A&D ointment, it might be infected. A lot of diaper rashes get infected. So um, to tell if it's a yeast infection, you'll have a bright pink area that's sort of a solid area with tiny little pinpoint dots around it. And those are called satellite lesions. Those are caused by candida, which is a yeast or a fungus. And that's the one that causes like vaginal yeast infections and also causes uh, infections in skin folds in older adults. Super easy to treat. You can use an over-the-counter antifungal cream. Uh, anything for ringworm, athlete's foot, things like that. You can try first, but those can't go inside the vagina. So if it's a female, you, know, you want to just put it on the skin around it. Um, you can also use apple cider vinegar at home and water. Do a one-to-one mixture of apple cider vinegar and water. Dab that on with a cotton ball three times a day. That can kill yeast as well. Or if your home remedies are not working or you want to go with a medicated cream, your doctor can call in a prescription of Nystatin. And Nystatin is an antifungal that is safe to use in that diaper area. Um, If your baby has spit-ups or tends to leak milk and they get a little infection in their skin folds in their neck also, it's the same process as a diaper rash. So start with those normal creams like a zinc oxide cream or a petroleum-based one as a barrier. If those aren't working, you can try with an over-the-counter antifungal um, if they have those little pink dots, or you could try with vinegar and water one-to-one, or you can ask for a nice Nystatin prescription for all of those. Now, a bacterial infection in the diaper area is possible as well. A lot of times babies will get pimples or boils in their diaper area, and that is often caused by MRSA. It's almost always some kind of staph or Staphylococcus aureus infection. And staph is just a normal skin infection, a normal skin flora that when it gets under the skin can cause infections. You can try using mupirocin three times a day, but if it's MRSA or um, some, some strains of staph are resistant to that. So you might need a prescription ointment called myopirosin from your doctor. Uh, with that, if it is MRSA, especially, um, and if it's recurrent, like if it happens more than once, I suggest treating the whole family. Staff likes to live inside your nose and under your nails. So you want to treat everyone in the whole household with that uh, ointment under your nails and inside your nose three times a day for 10 days. And that is a prescription. So talk to your doctor about that and um, they can get the whole family treated. For your two-week checkup, here's what we're going to do. We're going to check your baby's weight, and they should definitely be above birth weight now. If they are not, we're going to be a little bit more aggressive with the feeding and trying to get more calories in, and probably also working up to see why they're not gaining weight like they should be. But their weight should be going up steadily at this point. They should be gaining half an ounce to an ounce per day. Um, The doctor's going to ask you about how they're eating. They should be feeding well. Usually by two weeks of age, babies have learned how to eat and are good at it. Also, if you are breastfeeding, your nipples should no longer be sore at this point, and you should not be having blisters or cracking or bleeding. So if you are, talk to the doctor about that because we can help you troubleshoot that. And um, we might also refer you to an IBCLC, which is an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. They're really excellent at troubleshooting that kind of thing. Jaundice should be gone around now or definitely going away and clearing up by two weeks of age. You're going to be screened for postpartum depression now and at all of the visits up until one year of age, you should have a screening for that Um, because postpartum depression can show up anytime in the first year of life and it can happen to either parent too. So keep an eye out on each other. The physical exam is going to be the same head-to-toe exam as the first couple checkups. So we're going to check the skull, um, the head, the bones, the the sutures, which are the area where the bones meet, the soft spots, which are the fontanelles. We'll look in the baby's ears, eyes, mouth, nose, check the collarbones, check the neck, um, look for any masses, check the baby's heart, lungs, abdomen, limbs, hips, uh, making sure that there's not any hip clicks or clunks. Look for a sacral dimple on the spine. Make sure the spine is straight. Make sure baby's tone is good. They should be nice and strong. And we're going to check them um, developmentally as well for some reflexes. So the grasp reflex is when you push on baby's palm or the pads of their foot. Their fingers will curl or their toes will curl. And the suck reflex is where you stroke their cheek and they open their mouth and turn to that side The Moro reflex is when they feel like they're going to fall. They put their arms out and they tuck their knees up. So we're checking those. We're going to ask if baby calms down when he hears your voice. Um, They should recognize parents' voices at this age. And if they let you know when they need something, so if they cry when they need to be changed or need to eat, and if they lift their head during tummy time. You can start doing formal tummy time at this time at two weeks where you're putting them on a blanket on the floor for 15 to 30 minutes twice a day. Now, you don't have to necessarily do that. You can also just have baby on your chest and lean back. And when you do that, that um, gives them, you know, you're kind of going against gravity there and they have to use their neck muscles to lift their neck up. So they should be lifting their head during tummy time at two weeks of age. If they're not, you got to work on tummy time a little bit more. And if they're really hating it, talk to your doctor about it. For safety, we're going to talk about fever is still anything over 100.4 degrees or 38 Celsius. And a fever is a serious thing in a baby of this age because their immune system is not fully developed yet. So if they do get a fever, it's going to be a pretty big workup. We're going to have you take them to the emergency room for that. They should be on their back to sleep, which means sleeping face up in a crib alone uh, or in a bassinet. It's okay to stop swaddling at this age and start with a sleep sack. But if your baby does love being swaddled, you can use those. The ones that have some kind of Velcro or tie that like stay together, they tend to be a little bit safer of swaddles than to just use a regular blanket. You should not have any blankets in their bed at night uh, until age one, And actually, I mean, even during the day, you know, when they're taking naps, no blankets in the crib or bassinet until age one and no pillows until age two. You should never leave your baby alone on high surfaces. Remember, a fall from about twice their height will cause a serious head injury, like a bleed in the brain or a skull fracture. Sometimes it takes more than that and sometimes less. So um, just be extra careful not to leave them on any surfaces because they can wiggle and fall off the edge before they can roll or crawl. So things like the changing table, the couch, the bed, um, these are common places that babies will get themselves off of and onto the floor and can get seriously hurt. You want to avoid secondhand smoke at this age. If anyone in the house does smoke or anyone who smokes wants to hold the baby, have them change clothes and wash hands with soap and water before holding the baby. And also, of course, you should be smoking outside Uh, The very best is not to smoke at all and to avoid secondhand smoke for the babies. It is a pretty significant risk factor for SIDS being exposed to secondhand smoke. Breastfeeding moms should still be taking their prenatal vitamins the whole time that they're breastfeeding. Baby should be supplemented with 400 units of vitamin D daily or mom can be taking 6,400 units per day. Remember that a normal prenatal vitamin has about 400 units of vitamin D, so you have to take 6,000 more on top of that. And you can get vitamin D as tiny little oil capsules uh, if you wanted to supplement yourself instead of baby. For tummy time, two times per day, 15 to 30 minutes. And what to expect in the next two weeks before the next checkup. So the one month checkup is going to be your next one. Your baby's going to be awake more and more during the day, and you're going to see them starting to notice things farther away, like lights, windows, ceiling fans, lamps that are across the room. It's super cute to see this, where their face will just light up and and they'll start laughing or smiling or just being really amused by something that has been there the whole time, but they've only just noticed it. It's really cool. And discordant stooling. So remember, it's going to look like they're constipated for a little bit, but they're actually not. You don't need to do anything to help them poop at this time. Uh, it can actually hinder their development if you do try to do anything. So just try those tummy time things, like putting them in tummy time, bicycle legs, you know, belly rubs, things like that for gas and colic. But with just coordinate stooling, it is something that is just going to have to pass on its own. All right. Thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. And we will see you next time for the one month checkup. Thank you for listening to the Baby Manual podcast. Please hit that subscribe button below so you don't miss the new episodes when they come out. I would also love it if you could leave me a review. If you'd like to buy a copy of the Baby Manual, it's on Amazon and Kindle. I'm the author, Dr. Carol Keim, and that's spelled K-E-I-M. You can also follow me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook to get some quick baby tips that will make you feel like an expert. Thanks for listening.